welcome to The Trusted Advisor, a channel-focused podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solution Providers Association. I'm Jim Roddy, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. This pod and video series is designed specifically for point-of-sale resellers and software developers, and our goal is to educate you on the topics of technology, leadership, management, sales, marketing, and other small business best practices. A quick note and a personal note, so for those of you who are faithful viewers of the Trusted Advisor on the RSP YouTube channel, this will be the final installment in what I'm personally calling the Long Hair Chronicle. So we're recording this podcast on June 29th, and since March, uh, Northwest Pennsylvania, where I live, Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, barber shops have been closed because of the pandemic, but they're now open. And tomorrow morning in 22 hours, I'll lose about a pound, I think, uh, of my hair here, and I'll go back to being semi-presentable. Again, if you only listen to this podcast, you don't do it on YouTube, what I just said is kind of all uh, extraneous information. So let's get to the important stuff today. Uh, today on the podcast, we'll get to know new RSPA legal counsel, Jill Miller. Hi, Jill. Welcome to the pod and welcome to the RSPA. Hello. How are you? Wonderful. It's it's great to have you here. Um, and so a little bit of background on Jill. She was named the RSPA's new legal counsel in January. And since then, she's been working alongside longtime association legal counsel, Bob Goldberg, who will retire in December 2020. Uh, Jill's a member of the Detroit-based law firm Bodman PLC, and she's chair of the firm's data privacy and security group. She's dedicated her legal career to representing entrepreneurs and companies that serve the retail vertical. Jill has experience working with established companies, startups, emerging companies. Many of them are VARs, ISVs, ISOs, card brands, and vendors in the retail IT channel. And as the RSPA's legal counsel, Jill provides members with legal advice, phone calls, and legal templates all at no extra charge. So, Jill, we're glad to have you here on the podcast and really glad to have you as part of the RSPA. Thanks again. Wonderful. So the goal of this episode is for the RSPA members and VARs and ISVs and other organizations uh, in the retail channel to get to know you better. So can you take us back to the start of your professional career? And what's interesting to me is you worked as a sales executive at Archway Marketing Services for seven years, and the last three of those overlapped with attending law school at Michigan State. And so I'm curious how that experience you know, in a sales role, in a business role, uh, shapes your perspective as an attorney today. Um, yeah, so, you know, I was um, in my late 20s and I was thinking, you know, if I win the lottery, I think I'll go to law school. And then I thought, you know what, you don't need to win the lottery, Jill, and you can just work um, and then commute up to Michigan State and earn your law degree. And so, you know, I think working in the business world, that experience was has just been so useful in regard to dealing with my clients and helping them i really you know in addition to providing legal advice and uh sort of black and white issues there's so much gray in there and i think my business experience certainly helps me to step into the shoes of my clients and think about things besides the here to fours and the whereas clauses and the recitals and um and so while at Archway, um, you know, had a really good chance to learn about client development, um, you know, dealing with big corporate clients, but then also small clients, um, folks who, um, you know, maybe had one or two employees. So it really gave me a good background. And as I stated, I commuted up to Michigan State um, in the evenings 
and um, really just had a very full plate of working full time, going to school at night. And I think once I finally settled in at the law firm, um, I felt like I was working part time. <laughs> right, because you had such a pace that was going on. Where were you commuting from? Um, I live in a suburb um, halfway between Detroit and Ann Arbor. And so I would drive about an hour up to Michigan State um, about three or four nights a week. And it was uh, fine unless it was a big snowstorm. And then, you know, it was a little more painful, but, um, but I managed through it. Got it. And we, uh, we run into those. Again, you're in Michigan. I'm in northwest Pennsylvania. We get our snowstorms, no doubt about it. Right. Good. Uh, so can you talk about now the, the path from that starting point to where you are today? How did you advance from being a new attorney and then to today counseling clients on data privacy, cybersecurity, mobile payments, you know, electronic, electronic fund transfers and mm -hmm. more? Talk about that path, please. Yeah, so, you know, when you graduate from law school, there really isn't, um, you know, a sense of what kind of lawyer are you going to be? Really, I think most people go into a law firm, at least the path I took, go into a law firm, and I have um, an undergraduate degree in accounting, um, and then I had the law degree on top of that. And so I think the team at the law firm I joined thought, oh, she should be in finance. Um, and so I was placed into a transactional group and started working with a partner there who was representing um, entrepreneurs in uh, the electronic payment space. And once I figured out the industry, you know, with all the nomenclature and the, um, the different terminology, I think about six months into it, I thought this really is something I'm very much interested in. One, because I was representing individuals whose legal dollars um, were coming out of their own pockets and I really wanted to bring the value and make them feel as though every penny they spent with me, they were getting worthwhile legal advice that could help their business. Um, and so then I started attending a few trade shows and really fell in love with the kind of people who were so uh, embracing of me, um, tried to make sure that I was introduced to other people. And, you know, I attended Inspire in January and, and that trade show was similarly situated in terms of people were so eager to embrace me, um, to take me around and introduce me to other members, the women's group. Um, reached out to me and invited me to come to a, a sort of on-the-spot luncheon that they had. Um, you know, people just really tried to bring me into the fold and make me feel like a part of the RSPA, which was really um, heartwarming and similar to my experience, um, you know, in other, um, in a few other organizations. So um, that's Got that. <laughs> Got it. And so just uh, for those folks who aren't familiar with Inspire, that's the RSP's annual uh, winter leadership uh, executive conference. Uh, the one that was earlier this year was in the Bahamas. And next year, February 9th through 12th, uh, slated for Hawaii. So uh, always a good time uh, at that event. And uh, like you said, Jill, a very warm open group. It's not like you have to be some veteran or part of some clique in order to uh, be part of this industry. And I can say uh, from my days, I've had new folks enter this space and they've gone to other trade shows and they say, man, this is such a friendly environment. And so it sounds like that's what you 
have experienced as well in terms of that folks, you know, have, have open arms and, and will open their brains as well, right? It's not just that they're friendly and then they'll keep everything to themselves. But mm -hmm. like I'm guessing if you can expand upon that, easy to have business conversations here that folks are open and looking for how they can improve their business. No, I think that's right. I think people are, you know, eager to share their knowledge, to share their network, to share their um, experiences, to share their insight, to share their friendships. I mean, that's what happens, um, I think, at these trade shows, especially I found at the RSPA, is that people were embracing me and saying, where's your husband and your daughter? Um, you know, I didn't bring them on that trip. Um, but they really, it's, uh, they're trying to um, share their, um, their warmness and their inclusiveness and um, which really, um, it, you know, is the kind of person I am. And so it was really, I just realized um, in short order that the RSPA was certainly um, going to be a perfect fit for me personally, as well as for my legal experience. Got it. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Now, you also have experience assisting clients with responses to Visa and MasterCard notification requirements when a breach of a credit card information has occurred. Again, this is the less warm side uh, of the business right. that we're in. Uh, can you give us kind of a behind the scenes look at that? What happens during those notifications? What role do you play? What role does the solution provider play? If you can walk some of our uh, walk our audience through how, how those typically go. Yeah, so, um, you know, I mean, data privacy and uh, data breach uh, really, um, you know, are two uh, sort of left and right-hand side of data. Um, you know, if you can have a data policy and procedures in place to protect as best you can um, information that is to be protected, um, you know, that really gives you a head start in terms of how to handle a data breach. And the data breaches, um, you know, I find I feel so terrible when they happen because you have an innocent company who has oftentimes an innocent employee who maybe potentially received an email um, thinking it was the CEO of the company when in fact it was a bad actor. Um, I have a lot of um, tips and tricks about how to help companies um, train their employees on how to be maybe a little more alert because those poor employees, it's just one small mistake um, that could potentially cause a serious, you know, problem for an entity. Um, you know, and so there's a whole procedure that is um, established with regard to when a breach happens. Um, if it's a card data, there's notifications required to um, Visa and MasterCard. There's also notifications to your processor, which are contractual. And then there's notification to the um, consumer. And that really, um, in the United States, it is governed by state law. There is no federal law that governs data breach notifications. So in short order, it can be, um, you know, it's really, when something happens, um, I'm immediately on the phone and immediately trying to sort of figure out what's happened. What, what information, is it really personally identifiable information? Is notification really required? Um, and then just help walk through and, and give comfort to a company as they work through um, their obligations in the event a data breach occurs. Got it, great. And uh, we're only gonna touch on uh, data privacy 
uh, here today, again, because we want to get to know Jill a little bit better, uh, but uh, at the RSPA Academy Education Symposium, uh, scheduled for August 26th and 27th, uh, scheduled for day one, uh, Jill's going to give a presentation about data privacy, CCPA implementation, and other state privacy laws, and again, the CCPA is the California uh, Privacy Act, which is really driving, it seems like, a lot of other ones as well. So again, that'll be a tease for at some point uh, in August. You want to make sure you register for that event. A lot of great education opportunities, including that uh, presentation that Jill will be doing. So Jill, let's also talk about, you've worked a lot with the ETA and the SCAA. So veterans of the industry know what those are, but for those who don't, ETA is Electronic Transactions Association, SCAA Southeast Acquires Association. Can you talk about what work have you done with those groups and how has that helped shape your perspective on our industry? Um, well, the Electronic Transaction Association, the ETA, I was involved in very early in my career. Um, I sat on committees, I sat through um, learning opportunities, really trying to understand all the nuances of, um, of the payments industry. And then from that, I, um, again, you know, you build your network, you start to um, explore other um, associations that might be useful in your practice and in your network. And um, so I started uh, the advisory committee. I'm on the advisory committee for the Southeast Acquires Association, um, whereby I do a lot of work on the content for the um, sessions. Um, that are held in, in at the trade show. We actually just did a virtual um, educational session for the membership. You know, I find for me, I really like um, uh, the intimacy of a show that is um, has a, a trade show, has um, educational sessions. So you have a chance to really get to meet different people and to, you know, sit down next to somebody um, that you might not ordinarily be um, exposed to um, and just really get to know people. So while um, Retail Now is not um, happening this year, I really welcome the opportunity to uh, get to know people and sit next to you, maybe six feet apart. I'm okay with that too. Um, you know, just to really have that personal touch um, or elbow, um, and to uh, you know just be in person together. Got it. And it seems like a big part of what you kind of touched on there of being part of these communities is, you know, it's not a homogenous industry, and everybody has their own different perspectives and their own different challenges. Is that how you see it? The more you're able to engage with these different groups, the varying perspectives you're able to get and the better you can uh, put yourself into the shoes of a reseller, an ISV, an ISO, uh, a vendor. Am I uh, seeing that the same way you are? A perspective yeah. is really important to understand. Yes, I mean, I've been doing, um, I've been working um, as a lawyer for 15 years. And I will tell you um, from both the retail perspective and the, I mean, ISV, that just became a real big, um, you know, in the electronic payments industry, it wasn't as such a huge player as it is now. Um, you know, I, I always say to people, the pie is so big. There's so many new players coming in. These entrepreneurs have such amazing ideas, so sophisticated in their analysis of what's next and how to best serve um, their merchants and their customers. 
And so for me, it's always a learning experience. I mean, every time I sit down to somebody, everybody's got a different twist on things, a different way in which they go to market, a different way in which they sell to their customers, a different way in which they manage their business. And, you know, as a lawyer, you get, you, you hear all of this from so many different resources that you can help, um, a, a large variety of people with their business because you've uh, been exposed to um, a significant number of people. And that's to me, I can't imagine not being part of a, um, an industry organization. To me, that's where the meat is. That's where the connections are. That's where the relationships are. You can't, I couldn't just sit in my office and, um, you know, expand my network by, um, reaching out on the phone. I mean, the trade shows for me have always just been so useful and so uh, and hitting on so many levels. Yeah, I've always said, I'm, I don't know of any problem in this industry that's been solved by somebody staring at the ceiling tiles, right? Hmm, <laughs> let me think what it could be. Eureka, I've got it. No, you've got to throw yourself out there and find right. those different perspectives. And it sounds like what you're doing is a combination of you bring the legal advice and the legal expertise, and then also the more people you talk with, you have those perspectives. You're able to combine those together and give uh, appropriate guidance. Am I, am I understanding that correctly? Like, that's the difference between just somebody calling up any attorney as opposed to working with uh, you or what Bob Goldberg has done for many years. Somebody who has their own legal perspective, but then also the perspectives and the experience of others specifically for this industry. Right. And I mean, and Bob, um, you know, having practiced um, and represented the association for so many years, I'm not sure of the number. It's, you know, 30, 32, 35. I mean, really, it's just so significant. And he has shared with me um, his experiences, his documents, his how what he gives to the membership, how he delivers legal services and how, I mean, I think one of our very early conversations was how do we serve the uh, membership? And that's really what I've learned in the board meeting back in Inspire um, and through Bob's leadership and guidance with me, it's really how best to serve and provide value to a membership. I and mean, that's, uh, I, that is something I hadn't heard so so in such a repetition from other associations. So um, it's really always in my mind as I'm thinking about delivering legal services. How can I add uh, more value? Got it. Wonderful. Well, let's pause here for a moment to let our listeners and viewers know that an RSP membership has never been more valuable or affordable. The RSP has expanded its VAR and ISD member benefits to include discounts on health insurance, HR services, office supplies, and shipping. Also, RSP members have access to a legal advisor. No surprise if you've been paying attention to the first uh, 15 minutes of this podcast. Uh, also access to a security advisor and a VAR and ISV business advisor. That's all included in your annual RSP membership, which for resellers starts at just $250 a year. That's 68 cents a day for these high value services. Accelerate your success by joining the RSPA today. Also, thank you to our sponsors who support the RSPA community and make this podcast and video series possible. Our platinum sponsors are Blue Star, Heartland, ScanSource, and Shift4 Payments. And then finally, in response to the COVID-19 crisis, the RSPA has launched the RSPA Solution Center, a new online platform designed to introduce VARs and ISVs to innovative solutions and connect them with the providers of these solutions. You'll find product details, videos, white papers, case studies, channel executive contact information, and more. 
to grow your channel business, Google RSPA Solution Center today, or you can visit the RSPA website at gorspa.org. And finally, to receive the benefits of an RSPA membership or RSPA sponsorship, email membership at gorspa.org. Um, so we touched on you know, all those different benefits, so you can see why a reseller would be attracted to the association or an ISV or a vendor. Why was it attractive to you? Why was the RSPA community, the RSPA legal counsel, um, something that you found compelling and made you want to work with RSPA members? You know, I think it's the membership makeup. Um, you know, it's really the kind of people and the kind of companies that I have represented historically through my career. I felt as though um, some of my specific expertise and payments would be helpful. But, you know, I am a general counsel. I mean, people might um, have historically come to me for um, maybe a payments concern or a software issue or a hardware issue. But in short order, um, you just become a general counsel. You start answering any questions that an that a entrepreneur or a vendor might have. And so I felt as though the membership was right up my alley and something uh, in an organization where I could add value. And of course, um, you know, the board, um, having met uh, some of those folks individually over the years, um, again, they, just sort of that instinct tells you that these are good people. Um, you know, John Kirk is just somebody who, you know, you can only aspire to be a leader like him. Um, and so, you know, those things combined, I think, really uh, made, um, piqued my interest in representing the RSPA. God, and the RSPA wasn't completely foreign to you, right? Like, it seemed no. like you had as with a lot of folks in the industry and the- Oh, yes, yeah. yes. And when I became general counsel, many of the folks in my circle were like, yay for you, like RSPA is such a great organization. Um, and, and I've heard that for years and I've um, you know talked to clients while they've been at trade shows. Um, so, and of course, um, you know, a lot of the content on LinkedIn and on Facebook. And so, yes, I had certainly been exposed to the RSPA uh, for years prior to. Um, joining as part of the team. Got it. Well, I can say I've had a similar experience with you. So I've been involved in the RSP as a volunteer for, I don't know, 16 years now, something like that. But I just joined a little bit over a year ago as a full-time employee. And it does uh, give you solace when people say, congratulations, great organization. What a great move. Opposed to, Are you crazy? Like, why did you, why did you join? Right. <laughs> exactly. So I'm glad we both had that, that shared experience. So yeah. um, also when, when you were announced in the press release, you said that you pride yourself on providing practical business focused advice. Can you talk about how important that is for SMB VARs and ISVs? You've alluded to some of those smaller companies earlier because their attorney needs to really help them solve problems, not to share information or, or go all philosophical on them. No, and I think that, um, you know, helping a small, um, smaller company, really, you, they, they have, um, you know, less resources on their management team. Um, and so they need another person with whom they can trust, um, who has an understanding of their business. Um, you know, again, the, just providing and reviewing a contract, um, any lawyer can do that. But to have... Um, knowledge about an industry, to have knowledge about what's important in our industry contact, contracts, um, there's where the value is. Or again, having 
reviewed an agreement on behalf of 16 other similarly situated companies while all the changes, you know, it's not like as a lawyer, you just take a contract and duplicate every change. You know, it depends on the um, customer. I don't negotiate against myself if I, uh, you know, historically, if I've, uh, you know, done negotiation and I didn't get something previously, I don't say, oh, I'm not going to try that because I think it's important. And for this particular client, we might get that particular issue. And so, again, my clients and, and the RSPA will get the benefit of what I've seen over and over and over again, as opposed to just, you know, being a corporate lawyer who works in the medical field, for example. Mm -hmm. Right, or just general business. And I know that's one thing is when I talk with folks who are outside this industry, you forget kind of how complex this industry yeah. can be and how unique it is, how just the whole indirect channel really makes it um, a challenge. You know, and that's what makes me feel so good. And I feel like I can give um, useful and relevant advice. Um, I feel like when I look at something, um, many of my uh, people I work with are like, whoa, I never thought of that. And I'm just like, yes, I did think of that <laughs> because, um, you know, it's something I've been exposed to before or I've had the, the I've thought about it and pondered on it and know, like you said, sort of the structure of the industry and how payments are made and how um, sales forces are utilized. And, um, you know, something as simple as, you know, I'll say to someone, how many sales reps do you have? We have 100. I'm like, how many produce? Four. Um, you know, and so these are things that you just know from being in the industry. Got it. Very good. Well, uh, and so let's talk about some things you've learned. So as of today's recording, you've been on the job uh, about five or six months working uh, with members alongside Bob Goldberg, I guess, just to clarify, virtually alongside Bob Goldberg, because uh, it hasn't been an elbow to elbow uh, kind of thing. So what are some of your early observations, you know, uh, you know, working with Bob, not just uh, I'm talking about him, but about what you're running into, what you're seeing um, as RSP legal counsel. What are some of those early observations you can share? Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, I find that the membership is really gracious. I feel like they're not um, coming to us with, you know, their hair's on fire and you've got to help me now. Or um, I think they're very um, gracious. I think that they, there's a lot of um, questions about contracts. Um, and I think that, you know, we have a good um, library of resources to assist with that. Um, we, you know, in the last few months, as you know, COVID-19 has been so prevalent. I mean, Bob has provided a wealth of information about the, you know, the PPP loans, the, you know, the PPE, um, how to manage employees, how to deal with quarantine. Um, and, you know, sometimes two people will ask a question that's really not in um, the member benefit. But if it's an easy, quick answer, I mean, I feel like Bob's going to give and, and he has guided me to give as much as we can. You know, we're not trying to, we're trying to give the best service we can. I mean, obviously we can't help someone with a transaction, um, but we're trying to give as much as we can fairly and, um, and to give the membership confidence in moving forward with the relationship or with the employee issue. Um, so I found that um, 
you know, people are respectful of our time. You know, if you think about what am I getting in return, I think people have been very respectful of my time. People have um, been um, fair in, you know, sort of the timeline to get back to them. People have um, sophisticated questions. People aren't, um, you know, asking things that um, are um, not relevant or not important. Um, so I think it's it's been a, a really good um, first six months. And by thankfully, um, Bob isn't leaving. Um, you know, he's here now as we switch roles. I will now be the initial point of contact July 1st, and he will be the secondary point of contact. Um, but he's promised me that he will always be a phone call away even after December. So I'm uh, hopeful that I can have a good handle, but, you know, you, you don't want to um, lose a resource completely. And he's certainly, um, you know, not not just closing the door and saying good yeah. luck. So. Yeah, is, is there anything like, I, you know, I said, you know, talking, and so thank you for that answer, but like any personal observations of, of Bob? Because one thing I've said from getting to know him over the years, if I was ever in a courtroom and representing the other side, I saw Bob Goldberg coming in, I'd be like, I'm settling, I'm settling, what do I have to do? Um, and I say that as a compliment uh, to him because when he uh, has a conviction on something, you know, he's really driving it home and has been a staunch defender of this industry and of the resellers. I guess, what have you taken away from a, uh, maybe like a, an attitude or approach to things that you've been able to see uh, up close and personal with Bob for these past several months? And especially you've had a lot of cycles with COVID, you know, it wasn't like nothing was going on from a legal standpoint, all right. sorts of and all sorts of engagements. If you can share that observation. You know, he's just, I mean, he's a great lawyer, right? I mean, the knowledge that he has and the perspective that he has is just, um, you know, you, you don't, that doesn't come overnight. That comes with, you know, years of experience and commitment and interest and devotion. And, you know, that's what he um, has based his career on. You know, he has such a good way with words. He's so, um, you know, in some of the email communications, sometimes he'll send something back and I'll think, oh, I'm never going to be able to compete with that, right? He's, um, but we're very different. And I don't, um, I'll never be a Bob Goldberg, um, but maybe I'll steal some of his catchphrases um, in the future. But, you know, he just has a lot of respect. Um, he, he, he gives respect and he gets respect. And um, he's been working with a few other partners in my firm on a few other matters. And he's just, I mean, everybody's impressed with both he and John. I mean, they just, um, you know, they're just two class acts with the highest degree of integrity and dedication to um, the RSPA. So I, um, yeah, I mean, can you imagine going into a new job and taking it from someone who you thought was a jerk or something? Like, how terrible would that be? But no, it's been like a really great, positive experience. Wonderful. I'm, I'm glad it's been a, a great start for you. So uh, before we wrap up, a uh, final question that we like to ask uh, all our guests. Uh, can you recommend for our listeners and our viewers a book to read or a podcast to listen to? that would help them in their journey to become either better leaders or, or run a stronger organization? What, what resource would you recommend outside of calling the RSPA legal hotline, of course? Right. Um, you know, I was, 
You know, a couple like one thing I book I think about that helped me, and it wasn't necessarily a business book. It was a personal book, and it was called Smart Women Finish Rich. And the reason I found that book to be useful is it really helped to sort of as a as a younger person figure out how to um, manage my finances, and as a result, I wasn't stressed about other things, right? And so it just as a person. It, you know, you think about things that are stressful. I mean, money is a big part of people's lives. And so for me, um, and then I ended up when I met my husband, bought the smart couples finish rich <laughs> to train him too. But I'll tell you, you know, it just made me think about how that particular resource in my life. I mean, it made me a, um, a less stressed and I felt a more responsible adult. And now, you know, 15 years later, I'm getting closer to the retirement part of the, um, you know, as opposed to the beginning part of my um, financial and business career. I'm glad I did something about it um, years ago. Got it. So, okay, smart uh, winners finish rich, but I can say, Jill, you, can, oh, it's, you cannot start talking retirement now, right? Like you're replacing Bob's who, who's retiring. We can't have you talk about retirement. Uh, maybe years. for another what? 15 years? Okay, we'll give you 15. Maybe we'll push it to 20 uh, okay. as, as it goes on. So, got it. Well, thank you for that. And finally, how can RSPA members connect with you to discuss their legal issues? If they want more, how can an RSPA member connect with you? So, you can reach me at my email address, which is jmiller at bodmanlaw.com. Not just Bodman. My husband sends emails to the wrong email address. So, I'm going to say it once again. I'm like, Mike. It's jmiller at bodmanlaw.com. And, um, you know, I think that's the best way to get a hold of me um, just because with, you know, in office, home office, out of office, you know, um, and of course, you know, you've got your email and your phone. I'm happy to respond and, um, and would, you know, be delighted to assist in any way that you think I could be helpful. Wonderful. And again, if you're an RSPA member and you do that, you're not going to get an invoice on the other uh, end of it. And if you're not an RSPA member and you want to uh, connect with Jill, you got to become a member first. So shoot a note over to membership at gorspa.org. Well, that's all the time that we have. We hope you enjoyed our discussion today. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the RSPA YouTube channel and the Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. We'd also appreciate it if you'd rate us wherever you find your favorite podcast. My personal philosophy, the more stars, the better. And if you'd like to learn more best practices for VARs and ISVs in the point of sale channel, you can check out the RSPA blog. You can find it at gorspa.org and then clicking on RSPA blog. Before we go, thanks again to Jill Miller for sharing her wisdom with us today. And thank you for joining the RSPA, Jill. We really appreciate it. My also, pleasure. Thanks, thanks thank to you. RSPA Marcom manager, Chris Arnold for his production work, Joseph McDade for our music. And last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening and watching. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the point of sale ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, visit our website at gorspa.org. Thanks for listening and goodbye, everybody.